Welcome back. Hey, welcome, everybody. All right. Welcome, welcome. Welcome, everybody. To another episode of the Guys Telling Stories podcast. I'm Rich Douglas. I'm Bill Easton. Rich, guess what? Bill, what? We are in the top 25, and then we're out of the top 25. Then we're in the top 25, and we're out of the top 25. He's talking about iTunes again. I'm talking about iTunes. All right. Well, if you haven't heard, we have been number one on all the charts that we can possibly reach. We're talking number one on the arts, Mm -hmm. number one on the business, number one on society and culture, number one on even personal journals. These are the, uh, the new and noteworthy descriptions on the iTunes, which is a lot of podcast. Oh my gosh, guys, we're so thankful. Thank you so much. Yeah, thank you very much. For all the listens, the downloads, all the emails and you know, really please just keep those reviews coming and if you see a post from us online, any of our social media, just go ahead and share. We're really looking mm-hmm. to crack that basically the top 20 and be yeah. on that feature page. I think we're close. We're, we've been in and out, so uh, some someone told us we were there and then I looked and we weren't. I haven't seen it yet. Oh, I'm going to be so excited though. I can't wait. If you see it, take a picture. Bill, where can people follow us online um, if they're interested and don't know? Twitter. We are uh, on Twitter, Guys Tell Stories, and uh, the Facebook, Guys Telling Stories. And we really want you to, uh, we want to bump our Instagram, Guys Telling Stories. Follow us on Instagram. We have some some pretty cool pictures of our guests, and and some people uh, think Rich isn't wearing pants on one of the pictures on there. So make sure you follow us and let me know if you think that's true. Oh gosh, I was wearing (laughs) pants. It was a long t-shirt. All right. Well, uh, pretty excited about our guest today, Bill. Oh yeah. Yeah. We have an entertainer. We have a full-time singer songwriter. We have somebody who picture this gets up every day and he's an artist. He's writing new music. He's working on playing the guitar better, singing better. He dresses well. Oh, he is a sharp dresser. Mm-hmm. I'm looking at his website now. Absolutely. You know, and Bill and I were lucky enough to, before we were able to uh, confirm him for an interview, see one of his shows. Oh, he, he was there, full band. He was fan- fantastic. Uh, Steve Bellisteria is our guest today. And we were able to go to one of his shows. It was Steve Bellisteria and the Uptown Uptown Seven. Seven? Oh, we were talking two keyboardists, Mm -hmm. two drummers. Two drummers. Uh, There was a DJ, a horn player. I think there was more uh, than seven. There might have been 49 people. I might have been up there for a little while. (laughs) There definitely were some people dancing on stage. It was such a good show. So we're going to head to his show. And he said that we could do the interview right before he plays. And we're going to sit down with Steve and we're going to ask him what it's like to be an entertainer, to be a Mm full-time singer-songwriter. And what he does actually when he wakes up, because I know what I do, I run my business, but what does a singer-songwriter, what does he do? What is his day like? What is his week like? I mean, let's be real here. Uh, Being an artist and making a living doing it are basically two different things. You got to have the talent, you got to have the passion and the drive to keep doing it every day. And this is his full-time job. Mm -hmm. And you have to dress well. He is a sharp dresser. All right. Well, uh, let's pack this stuff up. Let's uh, let's head to the gig Sweet. and uh, let's go. Uh, let's go. Let's go record. All right. Okay, guys. Welcome to another episode of Guys Telling Stories. Very excited about our guest today, Steve Bellisteri. Steve is a singer songwriter. He does pop, soul, R and B, jazz tunes. 
as well as originals. He is the front man for the Steve Ballesteri Band, of course. He plays guitar, piano, and has an amazing voice. We're very excited to have him. Steve, welcome to the show. Yes, welcome. Thank you very much for having me. So, Steve, we always like to start with uh, bringing it back to the beginning, but before we even do that, is there where can people find you online, social media, plug away? Sure. Um, you can find me. Uh, my website is stevebalisteri.com, and I'm also on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and YouTube at or slash Steve Ballesteri. Okay, Steve. So bring us back to the beginning. Before you were a successful full-time singer-songwriter, you know, how'd you get your start in the music industry? Sure. Well, I mean, so right after high school, I mean, I went to UB and uh, majored in business and finance, uh, knowing I always wanted a backup, or more than a backup, just a nice background in management and business so I could, music aside, be comfortable with all the other aspects of the sure. business, you know, from booking to just handling my finances and whatnot and working with other groups. But I always knew I really wanted to pursue music for certain. Uh, at UB, I was in the Buffalo Chips, the acapella group. Okay. I uh, got a chance to, you know, do some arranging and um, we performed all over and we got to travel to different colleges, which was always a lot of fun. Now... Acapella got huge for a while. Yes, Glee definitely. shows. I know there's the, the one band, Pentatonix. Yep. I've seen movies, documentaries. Was it anything like it is on TV? You know, it was kind of like the very, just before that movement kind of started with all the acapella stuff. The groups, the few years after myself, after I graduated, they really developed, they started adding in the choreography, doing a lot more of those pop radio type tunes. And uh, they went really far with it. I mean, they went to the national competitions. They were in the finals for there's a uh, collegiate competition each year of all the acapella groups, and they you know, they really went far with it. But right after uh, right after that was right around the time when all these groups really started blowing up. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, and now I mean the Pentatonics they're even on Billboard charts. You know they're they're really up there. So that's great. Yeah, it sounds like you just missed it. Yeah, just by a couple of years, yeah. but. But that's all right. Bill, were you ever in a music group? I feel like you have a, a voice. I was. I was in uh, high school choir, and I got thrown out of Varsity Club Singers because I took a juice glass from one of our concerts. Okay. Unintentionally put it in my suit coat. It was time to go on stage. It was empty. I had nowhere to put it. Got on the bus, pulled it out. <laughs> she threw me out. You wouldn't have thrown me out. I don't think I would have thrown you out. No, you, you wouldn't be here if you threw me out. <laughs> well, so daily life back uh, back in college when you're in that group, is it all music back then or is it pretty divided up? How'd you spend your time? You know, in, the, in college, I mean, it was really just enjoying the college experience it is probably the easiest way to put it. You know, yeah. it just, I mean, went through, you know, with the business classes and everything, but did as much music as I could. But it wasn't really the focus then. It was just, you know, just getting through school. Okay. It wasn't until after college I really started... As soon as I graduated, um, I started kind of figuring out exactly how could I make this into a career. And I, I saw a lot of performers in the area were doing like the Sinatra, um, Dean Martin, Michael Buble type lounge music, uh, just with backing tracks at some of the Italian restaurants around. So I kind of got enough material together and just started, recorded a few demo clips and just started shopping them around at some of the places and just started from there. Did you think about going to a, a school, a college for singing, like an art school? I originally did. I always kind of leaned more towards pop or soul or you know rock or something. And really, the music, if you're going to study voice, it's more classical. 
which I do sing some classical, but I knew I didn't want to pursue that. So after speaking with a few people, they recommended that might not be the best route for what I was looking to do. Okay. So. Yeah, it sounds like having a backup plan of going to school for something like business and then pursuing music is a really cool insurance policy. Not a lot of people have an insurance policy of a college degree to fall back on. Yeah, you know, I mean, I, I always, like I said, I, I knew I definitely, definitely wanted to do music, but knowing that music wasn't really, didn't make sense for me to major in voice, um, I figured that was a good option, and I definitely... You know, going to college was a great experience, you know, in class and out of class. just a growing experience. You learn so much in those years. Yeah. Um, no, I was the same way. But, you know, it, it makes me wonder. I always had people in my lives that would say, you got to stay focused. My dad, for instance, he was the type of guy that would say, you got to have a plan and I want you to stick to it. And anytime I deviated from that plan, he would be the one almost like that conscience on your shoulder telling you to get back on track. Did you have anybody in your life that either discouraged you or encouraged you to start pursuing music full-time? I'll tell you, my, I was really blessed. My parents both are 100% supportive. They always have been, even through those tough times. I mean, my mom was very much the, you know, just wanted to make sure I'm doing it correctly and not being reckless, making sure I'm taking care of my finances and, you know, had a plan. But as long as I was continually making progress and it kept developing, I mean, they were always, you know, of the mindset, you get one shot, you got to do it. So, how early on did you get involved with music? Did they get you into like piano lessons or um, I started, or anything like that? I always did like choir and stuff, and you know, in school through elementary school. And I started in I think what is it, third grade or fourth grade when they start you in the, in the musical instruments in school. I uh, I pick up the clarinet. Yeah, I just ran with that. I took private lessons for a while as well, and then. Um, in the middle school, just kept doing whatever choirs they had, really. I was in the barbershop group uh, in eighth grade. And then I started private voice lessons in, I believe it was 10th grade. If, like, if you did the musicals and everything and you wanted the role, you kind of wanted to you know, study privately to make sure you were able to, to handle yourself and be competitive. Yep. So. Anyone else in your family uh, sing at all, or did you just pick this up on... On your own. Um, I mean, my dad used to sing quite a lot just around the house, and he would, I believe he used to sing when he was younger. I mean, not professionally, but a little bit here and there. And my grandma on my mom's side, when she was younger, she was actually asked to audition for the Met in New York oh, City. Wow. But she was one of eight kids, and in those days, you had to stay home and help. I mean, there was really no opportunity for her to leave and pursue that. So Now, for those people that don't know what Met stands for. Oh, the Metropolitan Opera in New York City. So she, she was a singer. <laughs> so she was Are a you saying singer. I don't know what that means? <laughs> I, I think I knew what it meant, but it meant she played baseball. Sure. Yeah, she was one of the Mets. <laughs> now, Bill and I, the most singing I ever do is on a cruise ship karaoke, and I love oh, doing yeah. it. In ropes. Yeah, we, we, well, our songs, our go-to songs are Totally Clips of the Heart. That's a good one. Uh, uh, Country Roads, where we wear bathrobes and we change do. the words to Country, country robes. robes. Keep me warm. Keep me warm. <laughs> but it sounds like your parents were pretty supportive. Uh, Most definitely. Yeah. Musically, they were. I grew up listening to a lot of their old records. Like there were tons of Elvis records in the house, and of course, my dad was always listening to Sinatra or Dean Martin or one of the, or, you know, the Rat Pack era. And um, so, just those roots, and then just constantly listening and exploring different music styles. But it was just it. It made it a lot easier to have that support for certain. You know. For those of you uh, curious about the background noise, we are. Live, and it's a great, great atmosphere here today. You know, bringing it back to you, Steve, I was thinking a lot of people 
have a dream or an ambition in life. And they never take that first step. And then eventually you get to that no turning back point. What was the first step for you to pursue this full time? Full time, it was, you know, I was doing it part time for a while. I, um, I worked for the state center for a couple years in the grants uh, area. And I also, my father owns a real estate company, so I, I still actually have my license, although I'm no longer practicing. But I was doing these other jobs, and it just got to the point that there's so many hours in a day, and I could either let the music go by the wayside or keep pushing at it. And the choice was really made for me when I kept, the gigs kept picking up. We kept getting more requests. It was, you know, from one gig a week to two gigs a week to three, and now we're doing, depending on the week, could be four or five gigs a week. Um, That's great. And it was just, there's no, the hours are so different with music. And plus we're writing and arranging and putting on different types of shows. So there's just a lot more involved than just the gig itself. So there's really just very little time for anything else. So I'm fortunate enough that I can make a living of it. Absolutely, yeah. You mentioned we. Who is the we part of Steve Ballesteri? So it's, I do a lot of solo work, but I also have, the full band keeps growing now. It's actually a, a seven piece in addition to myself. So Steve Ballesteri and the Uptown Seven is the full group. It's a good move not naming all seven. That would be a long <laughs> dot yeah, com. Yeah, so Steve Ballesteri and the So if we ever do duos or trios, I'll definitely always feature because there's some phenomenal musicians locally I get the privilege to work with. And um, they each bring unique flavors to the, to the material. Yeah, do you, so. do you feel like maybe working with them and booking with them and having gig after gig sort of helped you feed off of their success as well? It sounds like it was right around that time when you joined up with them that maybe you started to do this for a living. Um, you know, it was always, I'd worked with a lot of different musicians over the years, but when you find the chemistry, the right people to work with, right meaning, right vibe, right musical taste, just, you know, same, going in the same direction you want to go in, and they can really take what you do and enhance it. Um, so that was, that's kind of it. Over the years, I was working with quite a few different people, but finding just that right combination was the key. Um, so that definitely inspires you, you know? Any um, shout-outs you want to give? Are we talking about somebody specific, if they're listening? Well, I'll tell you. I mean, my, the guys I get to work with regularly, um, my drummer, Tim Webb, mm-hmm. um, my uh, gentleman, he plays bass with me, but he also actually does all my production and arrangements for my original material, as well as he kind of helps us put the show together, uh, Odell Northington. He does a really great job. Any of the recordings you'll hear, he's the, the mastermind behind the, the arrangements and the production. Yeah, his name seems pretty familiar. Has he worked with other people that any of us would know? He plays around town quite a lot. He actually gets to tour all over uh, the country and the world with uh, a jazz sax player, Najee. Um, so he's in out and out of town. Um, so I get to work with him when he's here, um, when we're fortunate enough to have him in town. Uh, I have Nelson Rivera play sax and percussion, and he actually DJs with us as well. And he just recently started playing key uh, synth to add to it. On keyboards, I work with a few gentlemen, um, Joey Gonzalez or Harry Grazer, or when he's available, Tony Rhodes. Uh, absolutely great, all great musicians. Oh, Tony Rhodes, yeah. Um, and then I have a couple different horn players you get to work with. Uh, our trumpet player, Sarah Rogers. Um, which is great. She actually does backup vocals as well, so it adds a nice combination. And uh, another great sax player gets to work with is Ken Whitman. He'll jump in when he's available. And uh, you know, when there's a big enough event, we get to bring everybody in. Uh, and other times, you get to, you know, depending on uh, who's, who's available. Yeah, you know, it has to be tough to coordinate all those schedules. But when it comes together, maybe on a night like New Year's Eve, 
it's probably pretty magical. If, How nervous well, do you get you. before these these events and these productions? With each time you do something like that, it gets easier and easier. At this point, I mean, as much as we're gigging, I, don't, I almost don't think about it. It's more just making sure the time on stage is has to really just perform it and have fun with it because that's really one of the most important parts you know the music has to be learned and perfected but when you're there in front of that audience it's about having fun and letting them know you're having fun and bringing them in to enjoy the experience fun is important and if you look confident in what you're doing and, and look like you're having fun people will join along with you so. yeah if you're up there looking scared or awkward or something people are going to look at notice it and just kind of stop and what's happening right now you know have a, a confused look on their face but well Steve this next part of the interview is one of my personal favorites so what was one of the biggest challenges you had to overcome to this path to success uh, for example describe the events that led up to it it can be anecdotal it can be funny it can be serious take it wherever you want to challenge I, I think it's is an art is being true to yourself I think that's the main thing I don't know if I could say one specific day or one event but it's more over the years, a lot of suggestions, a lot of people will hear what you're doing and say, oh, you should try this or try that or okay. you know, go in this musical direction or, or whatever. Everybody with, with music, everyone has different ideas because it's subjective. It just depends what you like to listen to. So everyone wants to hear different things. At the end of the day, sifting through all the different opinions and everything and learning what, you know, obviously if we're doing a wedding or a, you know, cover tunes, you're going to want to play what the audience enjoys, but you still have to do it in a way that's true to yourself and figuring out what that musical style is, what your personality is, and making sure that shines through. That makes sense. You know? Yeah, I, I saw a quote on, maybe it was something you said, or maybe it was just on a website. Uh, when do things change for the better? When you take yourself seriously. Was that something that sort of hits home for you? You know, it's, there's a fine balance with that. You know, you have to take yourself seriously and really invest in yourself. Um, but on the other hand, there's always the thing, you know, don't take yourself too seriously. I've heard it both ways. Because exactly. So there's merit. The, I think I might be the opposite. Yeah, it's, 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 in the, uh, it's a balance of things. You know, you want to make sure you're investing in your career, making sure you're pursuing what you know you need to. I feel like we all have a passion or just something we know we want to do with our, our lives and a direction we want to head. Um, sometimes that needs to, there needs to be some discovery as to what that is. But if you know what direction you want to head, you need to take it seriously enough to pursue it yeah. you know on the other hand in just day-to-day -day conversations you just you know don't think things too seriously because you just want to otherwise it's, it's, everyone's just sucks people. the fun right out we're of all it. just yeah. trying and, inspiring and that's really words about. from a man who knows how to sing <laughs> anyone know that movie <laughs> if you didn't you pick up young. on that, Bill did say he was a little older than us. I'm not sure what movie he was. Better off dead. Come on. Better off dead. That's my Howard Cosell impersonation. I'll look it up later. I I don't know, but so. Well, no, it's it's important for you to find an audience. What, what do you think about that? Yeah, it's whatever you do. It's it's finding the people that can connect to what you do. You know, you're gonna something resonates within them, and it's just making sure that when you do connect with those people, I mean, you're playing it for, you know, it's all about the connection in music. So you really want to make sure that you're. Um, somebody find the words on this. <laughs> He's getting really a little choked up. No, I'm, I'm just getting kidding, all folks. I'm getting <laughs> all emotional because <laughs> it's kidding. about it's about the connection because music is such a personal thing, and it's, it's it is really, it's art. It's not you can change a person's entire mood by listening. You know, think about it. I mean, as we're sitting here. This restaurant, that you know, there's music that's setting the vibe as people are sitting and eating. Or in a movie, there's a certain vibe of a music, and it's just so whatever mood you're trying to create, whatever your story you're trying to tell, 
just when you find that audience and you can connect with them, that's kind of the most important part, I think. No, I completely agree. We were at uh, dinner, I think, a couple weeks back, and it was at some friends of ours that we hadn't seen in a while. Me and you, or, or you and... It was uh, me and the missus. Okay. Well, it was great. Great food, great company. The only thing I noticed is when we have people over, and maybe it's just a habit, we'll turn on some soft music in the background. And it could be just from the radio with commercials. It could be Pandora or YouTube. And I love it. I do it every time. It was eerily quiet at this, <laughs> at this dinner. Steve, my partner here walks down the street with a Bluetooth speaker on a regular basis. You never so. know when you're going to need some tunes. <laughs> That's great. It's like that episode of Family Guy where Peter had the soundtrack because he was moving. Yes, <laughs> yes. <laughs> people stopped even teasing me about it because I think they understand how much it's, fun it's it can fun. be. It's fun. I love it. To, hey, we have a six-block walk or ten-minute walk. Let's, let's strut this out <laughs> to some staying alive right now. And it, it works. It, it's fun. So, yeah, that's one of my... to get you moving. I know. That's kind of my MO a little bit. Anything else? Any f cool stories you were thinking of? Some sort of obstacle or failure? People love to hear you fail because they'll hear you being successful, but they want to hear that you weren't so damn successful, that <laughs> it wasn't true. easy, that you didn't just go get a degree and then a job and then work. Did you say you worked for the Senate or something? I did. I worked for the State Senate yeah. for a few years. <laughs> Are you serious? So. <laughs> I worked I for the State Senate for a couple of years yeah. and became oh. a singer-songwriter. You Who know? didn't? Yeah. I mean, I was doing the music all the while. Yes. It was cool. I got to sing at some of his events. And um, as far as a failure, I mean, you know, there are certain gigs where you'll go in and you look at the room and certain places they'll have music, but it's not really music crowds. So you immediately look around and say, what are we going to do? Yeah. Or even a, par a private party, you know, it's our job is to get people up. Well, depending on the event, there's different goals. Some, it's a dance party. Some of you are just sending ambiance. So you're trying to figure that out. And sometimes you'll pick a song that could be tried and true at nine out of ten places you know and you'll just go in and it'll just be the wrong crowd and no matter you'll you know you'll feel like you just you just killed it you just but then you'll look out and it'll just be kind of crickets you know and you so can't you look think, at the crowd and go come on guys i know this oh, is yeah. good right it's you that's the Once, that's the typical dj move like yeah dance floor is open get up and dance you right. tell people you start Telling them what to do. Right. Get up. Yeah. Come on. Let's get up. Get Does up, that get up, work? No. No. It just makes you look like an idiot. Right. You know. Sometimes I think that's one thing for any performer to remember. I mean, it depends. Remember where you are. Yeah. You know. Don't get discouraged if people aren't necessarily applauding after every song, especially like a restaurant. I mean, they're gonna applaud after some, but they're there eating. They're visiting with friends. You know. You can't take it personally. Um, they might enjoy you. There have been gigs where I'll do the acoustic gigs playing in a restaurant. It'll be really quiet, but during the break, you'll get a lot of nice feedback. Or you'll, if you look around and you really look, you can look and notice the people that aren't enjoying it or just seem oblivious. But then, if you really look around, there's people who are nodding their heads. Some people are singing along. Um, even just the foot's tapping along, or they're banging their hand on the table in, in rhythm as they're doing something else. So, don't get discouraged if you don't immediately get that. In a, you know, especially with social media now, everything is look. I was looking for that immediate response. It's how That's many true. likes are you getting on That's your true. Instagram picture and whatever, and. That's a part of it for this business, but it's, it's not all of it. You know, you can still connect, and really people can enjoy what you're doing, but doesn't mean they're going to always say, you know, be shouting accolades at you. When you so. are out to dinner and someone else is performing, do you feel obligated because you've been in that spot to try to clap when you're hearing I'll other people? I'll definitely applaud at least a bit, you know. I mean, depending on the circumstances, you know. Um, 
But I always, I mean, you definitely appreciate what they're doing. You know, I always try to make sure to chat with them during a break and stuff and just introduce myself and just, you know, give them positive feedback because, or, you know, honest feedback. But, I mean, there's always something nice you can emphasize, regardless of what somebody's doing. There's always a positive spin. Yeah, it's, it's just being supportive as a community. You know, you're part of the music community. Um, so you really want to, when you can, go see other shows. Go... You know, get to know the people doing what you do. It's not, I don't look at it as competitive as much as I mean, just friendly competition. Whereas you push each other to improve. But the best idea, the best way to go about it is just supporting each other, and you push each other to do better than the next time or than the last time. So that sounds like really good advice, and it kind of gives you a, a different perspective to that. Yeah, it's person not in the corner that's kind of pouring his heart out sometimes. Yeah. And you just, you know, you need to give that back. Cause, and as a performer, you feed off the audience, too. If there's a high energy, you're going to really push it. You know, if it's just a nice laid-back vibe and people are just kind of grooving along, you'll kind of run with that. So it's yeah. all about just rolling with it. And, you know, obviously there's going to be rejections. It's, it's one of those things. But don't ever let that discourage you. You know, as long as there's yeah. one person enjoying what you do, you give it all you got. They're there to hear what you're doing. And just, you know, don't hold back just because, oh, it's not, it didn't turn, you know, it's, it doesn't matter. They're there. And you know, always be true to that. Yeah, it sounds like two-way advice to the audience and the performer. Don't hold back. But, hey, audience, don't hold back either. So For sure. Makes a lot of sense. Well, this is uh, this has been a lot of fun, Steve. I I know we like to sort of look ahead because we've been looking behind. Sure. Uh, what What's one thing that's currently exciting you? Um, in 2016, we're looking ahead, uh, finishing up more recordings, just put some out. Uh, that's kind of how it always works. I feel like you're always going to be working on new recordings. We're really trying to finish up some, a few more recordings and then ideally start traveling, you know. But we're putting together the show, yeah. slowly but surely, really developing a set show, you know, with the material and the big group, figuring out exactly whose schedules would allow for travel, you know. And um, that's kind of the most exciting part is, you know, really... Your annual shows, too. You know, I know you do a Christmas show. Anything else you do, like, every year where people can, can Definitely. find Definitely. Nothing, no annual shows as of yet. Uh, we're working on a few ideas for some future things. Right now we do a Christmas show at the beginning of December every year. Um, actually, I featured on that this year was uh, the female vocalist in my band. I, I realize there's more people, I forget to, when there's a lot, the band keeps getting so big. There's more and more people. Uh, Courtney Costanzo, a really great vocalist in the area. She sings with us on the regular. Um, she's part of the seven. Right. And, um... And Sharon Bailey was the other vocalist this past year. Uh, and that's just, you know, I, it's a nice concert. I kind of originally modeled it after the Michael Bublé Christmas special. Um, unfortunately, Elmo has been busy. He's in Vegas <laughs> and New York City. I don't but. know how he's in two places at once. So, yeah, just a nice variety show. And as we're developing the original material, that's kind of been, you know, there's two sides to the, the career. The, the cover songs and the original material. Um, you know, the, the cover gigs, there's a lot more opportunities for those. Um, but we're slowly but surely developing the original material in between that, getting the show polished, and we're going to start throwing more annual concerts, um, Great. more events. So. What about you personally? You have to have certain individual goals. I got your band. I understand what you want to do with the band. But mm -hmm. you, the man, Steve, what is your, where are you going to be in 20 years? Well, I mean, that's really, the, you know, it, they're kind of tied in. The musicians over the years hopefully will stick with us, but, I mean, it's, you know, it's, it's my material that I'm writing, and... I just I want to travel as much as possible with it, you know, and really take it as far as it keeps growing. You can kind of picture, you know, fast forward a little bit and see where you can hope it will be. I mean, each year it's has been more successful than the past, so that's kind of always the new goal: is okay, well, we made we reach this level. How much farther can we push it? For a lot of the people listening, that travel aspect is probably something they can't even imagine. But 
for you, that might may be a reality sometime in the near future. Yeah. <laughs> Excuse me. I mean, with the travel, I, I, I don't really necessarily want to do the living in a van traveling. You know, I feel like there's a better way. So we're trying to plan more targeted shows. Um, you know, travel, do a few a few runs in a certain part of town. Mm -hmm. You know, come back. And um, yeah, there's just a different way to do it. I it, think it sounds like so. it. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see what it it turns into. Definitely. I've traveled with the band Route 66 a few times. Okay. And this is like overnight. They're doing a wedding. It's five, four, three hours away. And I cannot imagine living with those guys on tour. <laughs> like one after the other, after the other, after the other. That is a serious, serious commitment. And right. you really have to get along with the people that you're, you're entrusting with that. So Definitely. Cool. I'll tell you, the, the band, I mean, you know, you start out in, in, in you know, in a, uh, in a musical capacity, but you quickly find you become close friends and like, I mean, we're all like a family, you know, and regardless of who's on what show with schedules and whatnot, I mean, it's, it's such a close knit group of people that just share something common that really bonds us together. And it, it's a, uh, music's a great thing like that. It really brings people together. Well, what was one thing that you think was holding you back from doing this full time? And I, I preface this with, you're going to have a 24-year-old listening to this. Maybe they're living in California. Maybe they're living in Buffalo, New York. Mm -hmm. And they go, I'll do it next year. I'll, I'll wait till I'm 25. Or I have $10,000 in the bank, and then I can do it. Was there anything that specifically was holding you back? Um, I mean, it was definitely always the income for the first bit. You know, that's why I had the, the day, you know, the quote-unquote day job. Um, I would say my best advice is keep with it, no matter what, you, like, within this. You have to stay with it and be patient and persistent because that's the only way you're going to, you know, if too many people are willing to, oh, it didn't go right the first time or the second time, and then they just stop. But you have, you have to keep going. And, I mean, you'll, the amount you can improve over the years and you can keep growing and learning and it's just, it's all it is. It's just sticking with it. That makes sense. I mean, that first time is probably hard enough. Sure. But after you did it, you got to do it again. Definitely. There has to be a second time. So even, oh, no, go ahead, you say, go even ahead, like Steve. some of those reality shows like Idol, um, well, I mean, it's coming to a conclusion this year, but from the first time they're there, they have coaches working with them each week and developing the show and how to move and how to interact and everything. You know, it's, you can develop that over time. I mean, a lot of people just have it. Some you know. people develop that quick on that show. Yeah, it, it they comes just, out of nowhere. Right, they're just they have it in them, and some they see it, and all of a sudden it just like they light up. And you know, for other otherwise you can just develop and keep working. You know, it's a skill set like anything else. Um, it just takes patience with yourself. Well, guys, I think that is about it for today. We are running out of time. We're getting lucky. We've had a couple really great uh, guests so far here in our, our first season, and a lot of inspirational stories, which which is uh, which is awesome. You know, I, I know when we uh, started thinking about trying to line some people up, I didn't expect it to be this motivational. I yeah. guess. It's, I think it's going to be something that people are really, especially people in the entertainment industry, people that are at home maybe trying to post their first YouTube video or record their first song, they, they're going to really appreciate hearing your stories. So how about, uh, Steve, can you plug your social media one more time for everybody? Absolutely. I'm on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, YouTube. Actually, probably MySpace is still floating around. Um, at, at Steve Ballesteri slash you. Steve Ballesteri. <laughs> and also steveballesteri.com is the website, okay. which has links to all those on there as well. We're going to probably include some songs uh, towards the end, but if you like what you hear, if you're interested in Steve, go check him out uh, online at steveballesteri.com. 
Guys, this was another great episode of Guys Telling Stories. I'm Rich Douglas. Bill Easton. Hey, take care. Bye-bye. You didn't know.
I want you to know I love you. I wouldn't want to live without you. My life is so much better now with you around.